Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show to chill our spines this afternoon, Mr. J. Donald Wilson. Mr. Wilson started his career out in the early 1930s, appearing behind the microphone as a voice actor for two Disney old-time radio shows, starring as Mickey Mouse in one of them. He later became a famous, well-known writer and producer. He wrote, produced, and directed a lot of old-time radio shows, but the one that he is most famous for is the CBS mystery show, The Whistler. And that's the show that we are going to air for y'all this afternoon. In this first episode, we find a woman who is trapped between love and hatred. She loves the man that she has been helping to get his law degree but hates the woman who took him away from her so she ends up becoming so obsessed with the two that she does the unthinkable and kills her but the guilt grows and grows with not only her, but her business partner as well. But unbeknownst to the woman, she does not know that the woman she killed also has a sister, and it is called Mirage. And in this next episode, we find a man trapped between reality and obligations his obligations overtake his reality and he becomes so stressed out and so depressed that he wants to hurt someone real bad but unfortunately for him he does not know that he is not mentally ill but he thinks he is and it is called the urge to kill and in this final episode we find a young woman who lived with her aunt and uncle but went on to college and found a man and they are both now married the aunt does not approve of the marriage and will cut her niece out of the will and the inheritance that she has. But unfortunately for her, the young girl does not know that her husband doesn't want her to lose her inheritance. So he tries to bring on the ant's death who has a weak heart 
until one night he does the unthinkable and accidentally shoots the ant with his own gun and becomes the prime suspect in the young girl's aunt's death and it is called the alibi I hope you guys enjoy Mr. J. Donald Wilson and his performance on the show for this afternoon. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And once again, guys, always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks. Wait a minute. Have you heard the weird tales of the Whistler? There's something wrong. Terribly wrong. I'm going to wait a few more days, and when I'm sure, I'm going to take care of you, Joe. Well, what do you mean? I'm going to kill you. Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And so tonight I tell you the bewildering story of Mirage. Fred Adams is an attorney, a promising young attorney. Fred is a specialist for his practice has been limited to nightclubs and bars. In other words, Fred is what is called a mouthpiece. He steps gaily down the street tonight, unaware of the two men leaning against the black sedan parked in the shadows between the lampposts. Hi, Fred. What's your hurry? Huh? Oh, hello, Joe. What are you and Mike doing in this end of town? We're waiting for you, Fred. Thought you might like to take a little ride. Ride? Yeah, the boss wants to have a little talk with you, Fred. Well, not tonight. I'm busy. Got an appointment. The boss would like to talk with you, Fred. Get in. I told you I'm busy. I'll drop around tomorrow. What are you so busy about, Fred? <laughs> How'd you like a poke in the nose? Get in the car, Fred. Let go of me, you hood. We ain't kidding. Get in. What'd you two guys do without a gun? Get in. Okay, okay. Fifteen minutes later, Fred makes his way through the crowded tables of the swank Tripoli Cafe toward a door marked manager. He hesitates a moment, glances at the two men beside him, and knocks. Across the room, a beautiful woman sits behind the desk, toying with a long cigarette holder. Come in, Freddy. Come in. Well, we got him, boss. And uh, where do you think he was? <laughs> Over on Park Avenue. <laughs> How fancy. 
Wait outside, Joe. I want to talk to Freddy. Alone. <laughs> yeah. Sit down, Fred. Well, what's wrong? You in trouble again, Gloria? Would it matter to you if I were in trouble? Of course it would. Where have you been the past week? Has it been a week since I saw you last? You know it has. And a week is too long to suit me, Freddy. Well, you know my phone number. If anything had happened, you'd have found me. Doesn't make me very happy to think I have to go out looking for you. Kind of lets me down. Oh, for the love of Pete. What happened? Nothing's happened here at the cafe. Well, what's the matter, then? It's you, Fred. It's what you've done. I haven't done anything. Why do you think I paid your way through law school? Well, because you wanted to. <laughs> and because you needed a lawyer around. Is that all? I don't know. I thought we were together in this thing for keeps. Well, yeah. I'm still your attorney. What else do you expect of me? You have the nerve to sit there and say that. You know how I feel about you. You've always known. We've always been pals, good friends. Pals? Friends? Oh, Freddy. Now, what are you trying to say? I knew for the past three weeks that you were changed. Couldn't figure it out. But I found out this afternoon. Here it is in the paper. District attorney's daughter to wed young lawyer. Well, what about it? Are you really in love with her, Fred? Certainly. Why shouldn't I be? I don't think you are. I knew you were campaigning for the DA in this last election. I know you're ambitious. I think you've got your eyes on a job in the DA's office more than you have on the girl. I tell you, I love Brenda Gibson, and you can think whatever you like. Is uh, she pretty? Very pretty. Young. I don't like the way you said that, Fred. I'm not so old. I didn't mean it that way. You're a very beautiful woman, Gloria. Am I? But, well, I don't know what it is. You've done everything in the world for me. No one could ask for more. And I've always cared more for you than any woman I've ever known. Until now. But there's something about Brenda. That, well, she's so different. Go on. I hate to say this to you, but I've got to make you understand. Brenda's intelligent. She comes from a fine family. She has... Well, she has culture. And I came up from the chorus. Now, Gloria, I didn't expect you to take it this way. Well, how did you expect me to take it? I didn't think you were really in love with me. It never occurred to me that you had any ideas about... about marriage. What do you think I am, a totem pole? I looked at our association more as... well, as a business arrangement. You financed me through school, and when I got up in the money, I'd... I'd pay you back. Oh, Fred, Don't say any more. I know I've been blunt. But how else can I tell you? What else can I say? There's nothing you can say. But I'll tell you something. You're getting out of your element. You don't belong there. You belong here with me. And if you marry her, you'll live to regret the day you met her. Now, look. Don't be like that. Don't be a hard loser. You'd be better off dead. You don't mean that, Gloria? No. No, Fred, I... I didn't mean that. Oh, darling, please go. Before I say any more, I, I know I haven't a chance, but I... Please go. I'm sorry, Gloria. Terribly sorry. Bye, Fred. I'll be seeing you. Goodbye, Gloria. <laughs> Later, the 
papers are filled with stories and pictures of Fred and Brenda and the district attorney and parties and dinners and teas. Read them, Gloria. Pour over them. Mr. and Mrs. Frederick Adams this and Mr. and Mrs. Frederick Adams that. Read them, Gloria. Read them and weep. But meanwhile, on a train to Miami... And Fred, darling, after we spend a few days in Miami, we can fly over to Nassau. Father has a place there, and I know some wonderful people. We can have a great time. Fred? Hmm? Oh, what did you say? <laughs> Snap out of it, darling. We're on our honeymoon. <laughs> yes, Brenda, I'm sorry. I know we're going to have a swell time. My sister Nella's spending the summer at Nassau. Why didn't Nella come home for the wedding? She was to be your bridesmaid. I told you, dear, you can't always get transportation just when you want it these days. After all, Nella's your only sister. She could have made an extra effort, hmm? What are you thinking about? Oh, business. Business? <laughs> what business? I was thinking about my new job. Uh, how did your father happen to make a place for me in the DA's office? Mm, I suppose he thinks you're a capable young attorney. Did, uh, did you ask him to appoint me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I may have had something to do with it. Uh, oh, I wanted you to start out right. You don't mind, do you? Certainly not. What's well of you? I only hope I can make good. You will. And who knows, maybe you'll be the district attorney yourself someday. I hope so. At least I'll break my neck trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's forget about everything for the next two weeks, but I... I love you so very much, Brenda. Darling, I'll spend all my waking moments trying to make you happy. Thanks, dear. You'll never regret the day you met me. What did you say? I said you'd never regret the day you met me. Oh. I should say I won't. Not a chance in a million. Now the happy honeymoon is over, and Fred and Brenda are back home. Fred is in the district attorney's office and progressing nicely. But Gloria, poor Gloria, still sits in her office at the Tripoli and broods over her fate. She scans every item in the society columns, searching for news about Fred and Brenda. And every item, every picture nurtures her resentment. <laughs> and her resentment slowly turns to hate. And finally something snaps in her mind and she begins to harbor thoughts of revenge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> revenge. Joe! Joe! Yeah? What are you yelling about, Gloria? I wasn't yelling. Close the door. Sure sounded like yelling to me. I said I wasn't yelling. Okay, okay. I apologize. Well, sit down. Oh, look, Gloria, what's eating you? Why don't you get out of this office? Go out and visit with the customers the way you used to. Why should I? Well, they all miss you. They're all asking, where's Gloria? I run out of excuses. I didn't call you in here to talk about the business. Well, maybe not, but I thought it was time I said something. Where's the evening paper? I uh, didn't get it. Why not? Oh, look, Gloria, snap out of it, will you? Why don't you quit hunting for news about Fred? You're only driving yourself nutty. Fred was a nice guy, but he's gone. He's married. Forget him. I can't. Well, you could try. It's not as easy as that. After all, he ain't the only man walking around. There's one or two others, you know. Yeah? Well, <clears throat> there's one guy in particular who might get your mind off Fred, uh, if you'd give him a chance. Yeah? Who? Well, uh, oh, I know I'm not as good looking as Fred, and I ain't got his fancy manners. But I like you just as much as he did... Probably a lot more. Sorry, Joe. At least I wouldn't walk out on you for any other dame. If you did, I wouldn't blame you. No? No. I'd blame the other woman. She had no right to take him away from me. 
He belonged to me. Oh, Gloria, please, please forget it. No, I won't. I can't. I've made up my mind. Huh? What are you thinking? Where's your car? Outside. Where's your gun? In my pocket. Some people are giving a party at their country place tonight for Fred and his wife. But Gloria... But Fred was called out of town on business. They're giving the party anyway. And she'll be there. Fred will be there. So what? We'll wait for her. And follow her when she leaves. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Nothing doing. I ain't bumping off no woman. Sit down and shut up. You're crazy. You're gone absolutely nutty. I'm getting out of here. You're driving me to that house. I won't. No? I wonder if the police would be interested in knowing who killed Lefty Hammond. Gloria, you wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't I? Well... Okay, okay, you win. Better. Go get in your car. I'll go out the back way and meet you in the alley. <laughs> Gloria and Joe sit in the car in the deep shadows of a spreading tree. The hours drag on, and then about 1.30 in the morning, the party breaks up and the cars begin to leave. Finally, Brenda comes through the gate, driving her own coupe. There she is. That's Brenda. Get going, Joe. Is she alone? Yes, she's alone. I sure wish you'd change your mind. Don't get too close to her. Got nothing against her or Freddy. Either. What good's this going to do you? You wouldn't understand. I think you've gone off your beam. Maybe you're cracked. Shut up. I'm not crazy if that's what you mean. That's what I mean. Drop back a little. They say crazy people never think they're batty. You might feel different about this in the morning, Gloria. Maybe you ought to see a doctor. Oh. Cut it out. Cut it out. Where do you get off slapping people? Move along. You're losing her. Well, lay off that rough stuff. Or I might decide to change my mind about the whole thing. Ah, you won't change your mind be funny if something happened to you. If anything happens to me, there's a letter in my safe that tells all about you. So you better see that I get back to the Tripoli. Okay, okay. I was only kidding. Yeah. We're coming along to that long stretch now. No cars behind us and none coming. Step on it now. Run her off the road. Now. Run her off in that ditch. Say, what's the idea? Are you trying to wreck me? Get out of that car. What is this, a holder? Get out and shut up. I haven't anything but a couple of rings. Take a rings, Joe. Well, this is a new one, a woman bandit. Any money in your purse? A few dollars. Take the money and scatter the rest of the things around. Yeah, yeah. Now, ruffle up her hair, Joe. Muss her up. You take your hands off me. Oh, have a heart, Gloria. Okay, okay, I muss her up, but good. <laughs> Are you? Take your hands. What's the meaning of this? You got what you want. Why don't you let me alone? I'll let you alone, Mrs. Adams. Who are you? Start walking. What? Start walking off through those trees. I won't. Oh, stop! Stop! Get it. moving. What are you going to do? See to it that you don't do any more chiseling in, Mrs. Fred Adams. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What? Let her have it, Joe. Now, what are you stalling for? You missed her. Give me that gun. Well. And that's the last of Mrs. Adams. She's... She's dead. Yeah. There's your gun. Now, let's get out of here. Oh. Well, what's the matter? What are you waiting for? I... I'm kind of dizzy. Kind of sick. I can't drive, Gloria. You better drive. <laughs> and I thought you were experienced at this business. If I hadn't seen you do it, Gloria... 
Nobody in the world could have made me believe it. Nobody. Anything about it in this morning's paper, Joe? No. No, not a thing about it. And it was the night before last, too. I, I can't understand it. Are you... Are you sure she was dead? Of course I'm sure. Well, what do you suppose could have happened? She couldn't have walked away. Say, maybe they haven't found her or the, or the car yet, huh? Well, it's impossible. At the main highway, hundreds of cars passed there in the course of a few hours. Well, maybe they've seen the car but just thought it was a wreck. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Hey, you better lay off that stuff, Joe. You've been drinking for two days now. Yeah, but I need it. I'm jittery. I got the willies like I never had before. Say, maybe I ought to drive by that place and see if the car's gone, Okay, huh? okay. Get back as soon as possible. Yeah, 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 sure. I can't get it off my mind. I, I don't mind telling you. I'm scared. Go on, go on. And quit talking so much. Gloria. Gloria, I went out there. Yeah, well, I know, I know. What did you see? Nothing. Nothing. The car was gone. I looked all around for the spot. There wasn't a sign of anything. No trinkets, no blood marks, no nothing. Well, then, then they must have found her. <laughs> but why don't they say something in the papers about it? If they just said something, I, I could stand it. It's driving me nuts. Are you going to lay off that stuff? No, no, I ain't. I, I need it. I don't need it. Yeah? I don't know what you're made of, but whatever it is, it's sure tough. I never knew a woman could be as tough. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Ah, you're a jellyfish. I can understand one guy rubbing out another one for doing something against the gang, but... I never thought I'd see a woman do a thing like that. And for no good reason. There was a reason. And shut up. I couldn't have done a thing like that. You could have turned me in first. There she was. Laying there, covered with... Shut up. It's funny, this stuff. Don't seem to have any effect on me. It's just like some water. Get hold of yourself. Poor kid. <laughs> I never felt so miserable in all my life. Did you get the late papers? Yeah. Here you are. Well, anything in it? No. No? Not a word. Hey, maybe. Maybe we didn't do it, Gloria. Maybe it was just a nightmare. No, we did it all right. And proper. If I don't hear something soon, I'll go crazy. Hey, wait a minute. Huh? What is, what is it? Did they find her? No. Well, what do you know about that? Well, what is it? What is it? Look at this picture. Holy smoke. It's her. It's her. Her and Fred. Mr. and Mrs. Fred Adams attend the races. When? When? Yesterday. It isn't possible. But it's her. I know it's her, Gloria. How could she? She's dead. Hey. Hey. What's the matter? Maybe. Maybe it's her. Her ghost? Don't be silly. I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving town. Look. You're in the other paper. Huh? Day before yesterday. Fred Adams and wife attend tennis match. And another picture. What could this mean? What did they say something about it? You see? You see, Gloria, it's getting you down, too. Oh, please, please, Gloria, let's pull out. It's uncanny. I can't believe it. If it's in the papers, you've got to believe it. Did you double-cross me, Joe? What do you mean? Did you have blanks in that gun? Blanks? I'd certainly hate to get hit with what I have in that gun. She's dead, I tell you. Well, she better be. What'll we do? We'll wait. That's all. Just wait. Okay. But I don't think I can stand it, Gloria. I'm going to pieces. <laughs> They did wait. They waited for two more days, 
and Joe, fortified with his bottle, was able to hang on. <laughs> then Gloria began to crack under the strain of waiting. Joe, I... I can't stand it any longer. I've got to do it. Do what? I'm going to call Fred's apartment to see if she's there. I wouldn't. Hello? Is this the Adams apartment? Is Mrs. Adams there? Uh, an old friend from out of town. Yeah, thank you. She's there. Holy gee. She, she answered. Oh. I heard her. You lied to me, Joe. I didn't lie. I didn't. I had bullets in that gun. I saw her and she was dead. There's something wrong. Terribly wrong. I'm going to wait a few more days. I'll check again. And when I'm sure, I'm going to take care of you, Joe. What do you mean? I'm going to kill you. That's crazy. I don't think it would be safe to have you walking around and talking. Gloria, listen, listen. Come on, we're going to my apartment and wait. The story's bound to break sooner or later. I'd rather get out of town. You're coming with me in my apartment. Get moving. Then three more days of sleepless waiting. The tenseness grows and grows. The suspense is almost stifling. Poor Joe can neither sleep nor eat. And Gloria becomes pale and drawn. Then Joe finally emerges and goes on a little scouting tour about town to see what he can learn. Then on the next night, a knock at Gloria's apartment door. Who? Who is it? It's me, Fred. Fred? Wait a minute. Hello, Gloria. What do you want, Fred? May I come in? I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, of course. Come in. It's rather late, but, well, I had to talk to you. What about? <laughs> I never expected to see you around here again. Well, I was lonely. I had to talk to someone. Lonely? Well, sit down, Fred. Thanks. You look kind of tired, Gloria. What's wrong? Well, since you mentioned it, you, you look a bit weary yourself. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing much. I sent you a check clearing up what I owed you. Did you get it? Yeah. There's something wrong, Fred. What is it? Oh, little trouble, that's all. What sort of trouble? Domestic. Domestic? What, what do you mean? I... That isn't... Is it possible? Is that what you're going to say? Well, yes, I... I thought you were quite happy with your wife. Well, things can develop suddenly. I certainly found that out. Well, what happened? Or do you want to tell me? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Guess that's why I came here. You're always so darn understanding. You always knew the answers to things. But what happened? Well, I guess I really didn't belong in the upper crust. You had it figured out about right. Everything was all right until Brenda started to shape my career. Shape your career? Yes. She had everything all planned out for me. She and her father had it all figured out. I wanted to go into the DA's office and move up on my own initiative. They didn't want it that way. They wanted me to start out as a big shot. Did she leave you? Well, yes, yes. We just agreed to disagree. Oh. Well, where is she now? Her father's place, I suppose. But when did she leave? Yesterday. Yesterday. Are you sure it was yesterday? Of course. Why do you ask that? 
Well, no reason, I suppose. I, I just can't believe it. Seems a shame. Well, I'm very sorry for you, Fred. Believe me. I know how you feel. I was let down with a dull thud once. Were you? You should know. Oh, Gloria, I was such a fool. You were right. I should have listened to you. You could see what was coming, and I was too dumb to realize it. Have you forgiven me? Yeah. Yeah, Fred. I'd have to forgive you. I love you so much. I've never been able to forget you for one single moment. I'm sorry, Gloria. Terribly sorry. Fred, I... I got a strange feeling. I don't know what it is, but... I've got a feeling you're not telling me the truth. What? You mean you don't believe me? There is something you haven't told me. What is it? Why, why, nothing. I've told you everything. I don't believe you, Fred. All right. Gloria, I, I'm... Well, I'm in a tough spot. Brenda hasn't gone away. She, She's dead. Dead? What on earth do you mean? Yeah, she was found dead beside a car a number of days ago. The day after we had a nasty argument, but I didn't do it. There have been many threats against the district attorney and member of his family. It, it may have been any one of a number of persons. Nothing's been said about it in the papers. I know that, I know it. They purposely kept it quiet, hoping the real killer would show his hand. That's silly. Why should he? I don't know. Oh, darling, it's all a mess. I'm completely worn out over it. I know they suspect me. I don't know what to do about it. Gloria! Gloria! I've seen her. I've seen her. Who? She was standing under the lamppost at the corner. She spoke to me. She said, hello, Joe. How's Gloria? Shut up, you're drunk. No, 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 it was her. It was Brenda. I ran for the elevator, and as the doors closed, she was coming into the lobby. She was terrible. Old, pale, and awful looking. You're simple, and you got the snakes. No, no, it was her. And she's coming up here. It's her. It's her. I, I do want to see her. I can't look at her. I, I can't stand it. Joe, turn on the lights. I won't, I won't. Turn on those lights. Never mind the lights. I can see you. All three of you. Brenda. What? What do you want? So you, Gloria. Yes. Yes, I met you for the first time not many nights ago. On a deserted highway. Joe, it is her. <laughs> Come out of the corner, Joe. I can see you. Joe, the man who pulled the trigger. I didn't. I didn't. What do you want? So, Fred, you were in on the plan, too. You wanted me out of the way because of Gloria. You were back of the whole thing. No, Brenda, no, no. I had nothing to do with it. You decided you'd made a mistake, that you wanted Gloria. I didn't. I swear I didn't. Tell him, Joe. Tell him how you shot me down. Mm. You had the gun. Tell him or I'll... No, no, no. Get away from me. Don't touch me. I'll tell. I'll tell. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. She did it. Gloria did it. I couldn't. I didn't have the nerve. He's lying. I didn't do it. Go ahead, Joe. Spill it. I ain't going to take the rap for this. Gloria went off her beam when you married Brenda. She went crazy with jealousy. She knew about that party. And she made me drive her out there. We followed Brenda and then ran her off the road. She tried to make me do it, but I... I couldn't. I fired wild and Gloria grabbed the gun from me and, and let her have it. He's lying. How could she make you do it? She threatened me. She's got something... Shut up, me. shut up! I don't care. She can tell what she knows about me, but I can prove that she killed Brenda. How can you prove it, Joe? I wore gloves. And I still have the gun and the only fingerprints on her. The Gloria. You did it! I figured she might try to double-cross me. What about it, Gloria? All right. All right, I did it. I did it. I shot her. I couldn't stand it any longer. Turn on the lights, Joe. Hey, she ain't dead. It's her. It's her. Brenda ain't dead. Good Lord. Oh, yes. Brenda's dead, all right. Quite dead. What is she? You'll find out, Gloria. 
but a strange quirk of fate. It was your money that caused all this. It was you who put me through law school so that I could defend you. But now, I'm sorry to say I'll be forced to be your prosecutor. Sorry, Gloria. Terribly sorry. (laughs) Well, Gloria, you've come to the end of your rope. Things didn't work out as you'd planned. You really killed Brenda that night. But Fred got a brilliant idea. He had Nella, Brenda's twin sister, come up from Nassau and pose as his wife. That's how all the pictures appeared in the papers. And it was Nella who just walked in on you and got a confession. And how did Fred know you were the one? Well, there were several suspects. But you, Gloria, made the mistake of phoning for Brenda too many times. And the police traced your calls. (laughs) Too bad, Gloria. Jealousy is a terrible thing. CBS has presented The Whistler. Original music for this production is composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next week, Sunday at 9.15... I, The Whistler, will return to tell you the strange story... Out of the fog. (laughs) Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange tales of the Whistler? I get a terrible feeling of depression, and then this awful urge comes upon me. The urge to hurt someone. The urge to inflict pain. The urge to kill. Another Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And so I tell you tonight the unusual tale, the urge to kill. Henry Drake sits in his big office, staring out over the smoking stacks of his busy factory. Production is at its peak. The demands of the past year have brought untold problems to his desk and placed heavy loads on his shoulders. Henry Drake and his partner, Philip Putnam, had started this factory five years ago and built it into a smooth-running, highly profitable organization. But 
Now the added demands of war have more than trebled the production and the worries as well. Phil had put up most of the money and Henry the brains. It was Henry who always had to make the decisions. But now something is happening to Henry. He is beginning to slip. His memory is playing tricks on him. Good morning, Mr. Drake. Oh, Good morning, Ethel. Mr. Putnam wants to know if you studied those contracts last night. Contracts? What contracts? Why, the ones he gave you last night. You said you'd take them home. They must be signed by noon. Contracts? Why, I don't know what you're talking about. When did Phil give me any contracts? What? just before you left last evening. Well, that's funny. Don't you remember? What? Remember? Well... Yes, yes, I, I do remember now. Yes, yes, of course. Well, may I have them? Well, I'll, let me see. What on earth did I do with them? Oh, uh, tell Mr. Putnam to step in here. Yes, Mr. Drake. Mr. Drake would like to see you, Mr. Putnam. I'll be right in. I'll ring if I need you, Ethel. All right. Good morning, Henry. What's up? Why, about those contracts you gave me yesterday evening, just... What were they about? What? What do you mean? Haven't you read them? No. No, I haven't. Good heavens, man. They were supposed to be signed by noon today, and it's ten o'clock now. Now, where are they? I don't know where they are, Phil. I I can't find them. I'm sure I didn't take them home. Oh, you must have. Strange. I can't remember a thing about them. Well, what did you do after you left here? Where'd you go? Why, I went home. That is, I think I did. Think you did? What's the matter with you, Henry? I don't know, Phil. I can't seem to recall a thing I did last evening. Are you kidding? Certainly not. Why should I kid about such a thing? Well, don't get sore about it. Certainly ridiculous. This is a serious situation. I know, Phil. I know that better than you do. Well, call your home. They've got to be there. Have Rita send them over by special messenger. Yes, sir? Get Mrs. Drake on the phone. You don't look very well, Henry. You're as pale as a ghost. Look at the perspiration. What's wrong with you, man? I don't know. I really don't know. I I feel terrible, and my eyes are bothering me. Bright flashes keep passing in front of me, and my ears throb. Oh, hello? Oh, Rita, this is Phil. Henry brought a contract home to study last evening. Look around and see if you can find it, hmm? That's very important. In a blue binder, about 20 pages. What? I see. Thanks. She's in the library now. Oh. Yes? You can't? Yes. I see. Really? Well, all right. Now, call me back. Well, what about it? You have no idea what happened to you after you left here last evening at six? Did I leave at six? Certainly. So did I. She said you didn't come home for dinner. She decided to go to the opera. And when she came back at 12, you didn't come in until 1. Said your shoes and trousers were all covered with mud. You went straight to bed. Was it raining last night? Of course it was. I don't remember that. Rita's going to look in the coat and suit you were wearing last night. She'll call me back. What on earth is happening to me? Where could I have gone? Yes? Yes, Rita. Well, you couldn't. I see. Very well, thanks. Goodbye. Not a trace of the contract. Now what? Phil, Phil, I've got to tell you this. This isn't the first time this has happened. It's been going on for weeks. 
About twice every week, a terrible depression comes over me, and then when I wake up, I can't for the life of me remember what happened the night before. Well, maybe the strain has been too much. You better see a doctor at once, Henry. Oh, I know I should, but I'm I'm afraid to. Why? I, I'm afraid of what he might tell me. Oh, nonsense. Go and see a doctor right now. I'll go down to your place and search it from top to bottom. Very well, Phil. I'll I'll go now. I'll be back as soon as I can. Henry stumbles in a daze from his office and walks about the city for an hour trying to make up his mind to see a doctor. He doesn't have the courage to tell his own doctor, so he finally decides to visit a psychiatrist. Then he remembers the name of one of the most famous in the country, Dr. Schultz, the state psychiatrist. I know you're not a general practitioner, Dr. Schultz. As a state psychiatrist, I know you're a busy man, but I've read a few of your books and I thought you'd be willing to help me. Well, ordinarily I wouldn't, Mr. Drake, but I know who you are and what you've been doing. I'll do what I can. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, You say you have lapses of memory? Yes. I wake up in the morning and can't remember what happened the night before. In the morning I have headaches and see strange flashes before my eyes and hear throbbing noises. Uh, How often does this occur? About twice a week. But I remember everything I do during the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a serious ailment? No. Ever had an accident? Anything that might have caused a concussion? Well, not that I remember. I may have had as a child. Hmm. Have you been working under an exceptional mental strain? Yes. Yes, I have. The pressure has been more than doubled. For the last year, the problems have been so heavy that I've been unable to sleep. I've studied them until dawn, until finally I was unable to remember them. Hmm. You don't go to sleep easily. No, not till very late. From all appearances, I wander about until one o'clock in the morning. Where, I don't know. Hmm. You're married? Yes. What does your wife think of your strange behavior? Well, naturally, she doesn't like it. She says I walk in and go to bed without saying a word. So now she doesn't even ask where I've been. Uh, Are you and your wife incompatible? Well, somewhat. Have you ever been interested in another woman? I have not. Uh, Any children? No. Hmm. Have you ever been caught in a predicament where you were forced to do something dishonest in order to escape a severe penalty? What do you mean? Well, uh, I'll put it another way. Do you fear anything or anybody? No. Do you hate anything or anybody? Yes. Lately, I dislike my work, my business, intensely. Why? I don't know why. Maybe I've had too much of it. Hmm. Who is uh, closest uh, to you in your work? Well, I have a partner, and we have a secretary. And who are they? My partner is Philip Putnam. My secretary is Ethel Watson. Oh, you both have the same secretary? Yes. That way we keep things more orderly. Mm-hmm. Could you get along without her? Oh, I never thought of it. She's very capable, but I suppose I could get along without her. Hmm. Does your partner have as much responsibility in the business as you? I do most of the mental work. Do you resent that? You mean, do, do I think he should take more responsibility? Yes, I do. But he isn't capable. Plays golf and takes days off at a time. Yes, I do resent that. But I know nothing can be done about it. Is your partner married? No. For a while, I thought he and our secretary were growing fond of each other, but in the last few months, it seems to have cooled. Hmm. Are your financial affairs in order? Exceptionally so. Never better. Are you worried about the outcome of the war? No, no more than anyone else. I realize it'll keep every nose to the grindstone. And you drink? Oh, I'm temperate. Probably a little more of late. Never took narcotics. No, no. I've tried sleeping tablets, but they did me no good. I see. 
Uh, have you anything further to add to this discussion? I know. But then I must ask you to leave and not come back. What? Why, what do you mean, Doctor? Just that. Leave and don't come back until you decide to tell me the truth. But, but I've been telling you everything I know. No, you haven't. There's something you've been withholding. Good day. Wait a minute. What are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. I've told you that you're holding something back, some fear that you don't want known. But if you want me to help you, you'll have to divulge everything. All right. I thought maybe you could help me without my telling, but... All right. I'll tell you what it is. That's better. It happens on these mornings when I fail to remember what has occurred the night before. It happens during these spells of flashes and noises. What happens? I get this terrible feeling of depression. And then slowly, gradually, the urge comes to me. The urge to what? The urge to hurt someone. The urge to inflict pain, inflict injury on someone. On whom? Anyone. Any person who comes into my mind. Anyone I see or think about. The waitress in the cafe, my secretary, my chauffeur, my wife, my partner, a laborer. Anyone. Have you ever killed anyone, Drake? No, no. I swear never and I don't want to. That's why I'm here. I'm afraid. Afraid of myself. I don't want to harm anyone. I'd rather die. Would you? Yes. All right. Now you know. That's my great fear. Something's got to be done about it. You've got to help me. Very well, Drake. I'm glad you finally told me. Now I know what to do. Know where to start. You... You don't think I'm going completely to pieces? Mentally, I mean. No, I don't think so. You think it's just temporary? Uh, let's not talk about it anymore. But what can I do? I want you to stay away from the business for a week. Don't go near it. Don't think about it. I want you to stay in bed as much as possible. Read something in the light vein. Putter about, if you like, in the garden, say. Anything but business. At the end of the week, I want to see you again. But above all, rest. Rest your mind and your body. Yes, I understand. And you think you'll... You think that will bring me out of these spells? I think everything will turn out for the best. Oh, thank you, Dr. Schultz. I appreciate all this, and I'll, I'll see you in a week. Goodbye, Mr. Drake. Uh, Miss Burton. Yes, Dr. Schultz. Did you take down that interview, Miss Burton? Yes, Doctor. I made a recording of it. Thank you. So Henry goes home and stays in bed for three days, according to the doctor's instructions. Then, toward midnight of the third evening, his wife Rita comes home and is startled to find him gone. Jackson? Jackson. Oh, uh, yes, Mrs. Drake. Jackson, where's Mr. Drake? Why, Mr. Drake is in his room. But he isn't. He's gone. Gone? But I didn't see him go out, ma'am. When did you see him last? Why, it was uh, about 9.30. I looked in to see if there was anything he wanted before I retired. What did he say? Was he dressed? No, ma'am. He was in bed. He, he said he didn't want anything and that I might as well turn in. Where on earth could he have gone on a rainy night like this? Well, shall I go out and try to find him, ma'am? No. No, never mind, Jackson. You can go back to bed. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Hmm. Can't imagine why on earth he'd go out when he wasn't feeling well. Hello? Phil? This is Rita. I just came in and Henry isn't here. I don't know. The butler said he saw him at 9.30 and he was in bed. Why would he go out in a storm? What reason could he possibly have? No, I don't think so. I hope he doesn't. Yes. Good night, Phil. Yes, I'll see you tomorrow evening if possible. Good night. As Rita hangs up the receiver, she suddenly realizes the library door is closed. 
but a streak of light shows beneath it. She steps quickly to the door and opens it softly. Henry. Huh? What are you doing here? Oh. Hello, Rita. Why aren't you in bed? In bed? Why, I don't know. Who are you phoning? Phoning? Oh, I was just thinking about phoning the doctor. I wanted to talk to him. At this hour of the night? It's 12 o'clock. 12? Yes, yeah, so it is. Wait till morning. Yes, yes. Anyway, I can't remember what I wanted to say to him. Where have you been? Where have I been? I haven't been anyplace. But you must have. Look at your top coat. It's soaking wet. And look at your shoes. They're muddy. That's strange. I don't remember having gone out. I thought I'd been sitting right here all evening. But it's obvious that you haven't been here all evening. You have been out. Perhaps so. This is the second or third time you've come in with your shoes all muddy. Where do you go at this time of night? I tell you, I don't remember. I don't believe you. Whether you do or not, I don't remember where I've been. It's the silliest thing I ever heard of. A man like you, an intelligent man, walking around in his sleep. But I couldn't have been asleep. I know that much. Nonsense. Oh, don't be so impatient, Rita. I don't like this any more than you do, but I'm sure I'll be all right in a short time. Dr. Schultz will pull me out of it. Well, I hope so. Have you been out, Rita? Why, of course. I told you early in the evening I was going to play bridge with the Parkers. Oh, perhaps you did, but I don't remember that either. I told you just the same. Oh, I'm sorry, Rita. I know this must be very trying for you. It isn't very pleasant to have a man mope about the house all the time. You'd better go to bed, Henry, and get off those wet clothes. Oh, yes. Rita... Why don't you go away for a few days, take a little rest? I know you're terribly upset about all this, and well, it would do you good. It wouldn't be exactly right for me to go away at a time like this. What would people think of me? Oh, who cares what people think? You could go up to the mountains or down to Miami or, well, any place. Maybe by the time you come back, I'll be all right. Do you want me to go? Oh, I don't want you to go, but I think it would be good for you. You're becoming upset because of me, and I, I think you'd worry less if you got away for a few days. Very well. Perhaps you're right. We'll talk about it in the morning. All right. Good night, Rita. Good night. Henry sits for a while, staring at the telephone then gets up slowly and shuffles up the steps to his room. He pauses for a few moments before Rita's door, then goes on to his own room and goes to bed. The storm continues in its fury, and from his kennel in the backyard, Duke Rita's Airedale begins to howl. <laughs> Finally, the storm subsides. Morning comes, and Henry joins Rita at breakfast. What's the matter, Henry? You haven't eaten a bite. No. I'm not hungry. I don't feel at all well this morning. You do look pale. I... I've never seen you so haggard. No? What's the matter with your hands? My hands? Well, yes. You... You, you keep staring at them and flexing your fingers. Oh. Well, I... I don't know. You seem to... Well, it feels like rheumatism. Have some coffee. Yes, yes, I believe I will. Here you are. <laughs> oh, good heaven. All over the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. I just seem to have no grip. 
getting bad when I can't even hold on to a cup. Rita. Rita, what have you decided about that trip? I wish you'd take a few days' vacation. Oh, you sound as though you want to get rid of me. I'm only thinking of you. Very well, if you insist. I'll go up to the mountain place. Maybe it'll do us both some good. Mrs. Drake! Mrs. Drake! Jackson, what on earth are you so excited about? Something terrible has happened. Terrible? What do you mean? I I don't know how to tell you. It's awful. What are you trying to say? It's Duke, your Airedale. What's happened to him? He's dead. I just went out to the kennel to unhook his chain, and and there he was, ma'am. Oh, good heavens. Well, what happened to him? He's been strangled. There he was beside his house, and his tongue sticking way out. Oh, it's awful, ma'am. Strangled? But why... Well, maybe he got tangled up in his chain, but it didn't appear so, ma'am. Somebody did it deliberately. Oh, the poor fellow. I I can't imagine such a thing. Wait a minute, Rita. I wouldn't go out there. Oh, but I must. Please don't. It'll just upset you. Please don't go. Very well. But, oh, I'm I'm just sick all over. Now, now, Rita, I know how you (laughs) feel, and it's a shame. Jackson, tell the maid to pack Mrs. Drake's things. She's going to the mountains for a few days. Henry Drake sits staring at his hands for a few moments, opening and closing them, opening and closing them. Then suddenly he leaves the house and rushes to Dr. Schultz's office. What is wrong with you, Drake? You weren't to come here today after tomorrow. I had to see a doctor. Something terrible has happened. Now, 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 now. Just calm down, calm down. Take it easy. Sit down, Drake. It happened in the night. What happened? Duke, my wife's dog, he was killed last night. Killed? Well, how did that happen? He was strangled, choked to death. Well, who did it? It... I must have done it. You? Oh, come now. What makes you think that? I can't remember a thing about it. I can remember nothing of last night, but I must have done it because of my hands. What's wrong with your hands? They hurt. The muscles are terribly sore as though I'd been doing something strenuous. I see. And look at this mark on my thumb. It's a long cut as though something sharp dragged across it. You mean like a tooth? Yes. Why not? A dog's tooth. Hmm. Certainly does. You really think you killed the dog? What do you think, Doctor? Well, I suppose it's possible. But there's no proof. Could be coincidental. I don't think so. I must have done it. He never disturbed the neighbors that I know of. Did you like the dog? Why, of course. I was very fond of him. Don't you see what this means? I've been afraid of something like this. Heaven knows what else I've done when I've been in these lapses. You've got to do something for me. Drake, I'm going to have to put you through all the tests. It'll take some time... But I think we can get at the root of your trouble. Oh, do anything, anything you say. We'll start right now. Uh, Miss Burden, get Dr. Fenton. I want him to assist me in a complete examination. Yes, Dr. Schultz. Now, Drake, just relax and continue staring into this little beam of light. We want you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Yes. You're crossing a street. An automobile suddenly bears down upon you, you see? Yes. In an effort to save yourself, you jump out of the way. Yes. You jump forward or backward? Why, backward? Why? I can jump backward quicker than I can forward. Repeat after me as rapidly as possible. One, two, three, five, six, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, nine. You have no children? No. But you are married? Yes. Suppose you had a child. You come home at night and discover your house is on fire. Your wife and child are alone, asleep on the second floor. Will you try to rescue them first to call the fire department? Uh, uh, call the fire department? I see. Get all that with the timing, Miss Burton? Yes, Doctor. Now, Drake, keep your eyes on the black dot. Follow it closely as it moves. 
I'm going to call out a series of words. As I call them, you will answer the word or phrase suggested by what I say. Yes. Green. Grass. Roses. Funeral. Orange. Sunset. Honeysuckle. Home. Violets. Wife. Red. Uh, blood. Dog. Hands. Auto. Wreck. Rain. Mud. Love. Hate. Very well, Drake. Uh, rest for ten minutes and we'll proceed to the next test. Uh, how do your hands feel? Huh? Oh, uh, I thought the same. All right. Uh, come with me, Miss Burton. So on through the day, at various intervals, the psychiatrist continues his examination. And finally, Drake goes home completely exhausted. For an hour or two, he dozes in the library. Then about 9.30, Jackson, the butler, steps into the room. Big pardon, sir. Huh? Oh, oh, where have you been, Jackson? Why, no one was here, sir. I went over to visit my brother for a few hours. Where's Mrs. Drake? Why, uh, she's gone to Miami for a few days, sir. Said to tell you she thought uh, she'd better go today. Took the 6 o'clock train this evening. Oh, I see. Anything you want, sir? No, no, you, you can turn in if you like. Yes, thank you, sir. Good night. All right. Henry sits staring into the dark for almost an hour. Then slowly he rises, as if in a daze, puts on his hat and coat, slips out of the house, and starts to walk about in the night. Finally, he comes to an apartment house, climbs to the top floor, and knocks on the door. Henry! What are you doing here? I want to talk to you, Phil. Well, come in. What's the matter with you? Sit down. I don't want to sit down. Well, just as you like. What do you want to talk about? You have your bags packed. Are you going someplace? Why, uh, yes. I'm driving down to Boston for a week on business. On business? Yes, on business. I tried to reach you today, but was unable to. What on earth's wrong with you? What are you staring at? Are you sure you're going to Boston? Certainly I'm sure. <laughs> what are you laughing about? You aren't going to Boston. I know where you're going. I tell you, I'm going to Boston. I don't believe you. What are you talking about? Rita's gone to Miami. Why don't you go to Miami, too? Wouldn't you like that better? I think that'd be very jolly. Oh, for heaven's sake, stop this nonsense. Is Rita here? Certainly not. Why should she be here? I wonder. <laughs> Couldn't you think of any reason? I think you're out of your mind. Do you? Really? You certainly act like it. Oh, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm perfectly sane. Oh, crazy people think they're sane. Maybe I am crazy, but I don't feel crazy. I'm perfectly normal. <laughs> you better go home. You're in no condition to be wandering around. Where's Rita? I don't know where Rita is. She hasn't been here? No. You're lying, Phil. She has been here. That's ridiculous. Look, here in the ashtray, one of Rita's special made cigarettes. Why... I put that there. I thought I'd try them. Really? When did you take to using lipstick, Phil? All right. She was here, but she left to catch a train at 6 o'clock. And you'll catch the next one, is that it? She came here to talk about you. She's terribly upset about your condition. She thinks... Well. Well? What does she think? She's become afraid of you. Oh, has she? And what caused that? Well, she... Why wouldn't she be upset? been acting like a lunatic. She thinks you killed her dog. Did you? I don't remember. Maybe I did. <laughs> I, uh, I've got to hurry. My train leaves in half an hour. There's no train for Boston for three hours, but the train to Miami leaves in half an hour. 
You'd better go home, Henry. Why don't you admit it? Why lie about it? You're meeting her in Miami. Get out of here. You and Rita are in love. I know it. I've known it for weeks and weeks. Last night I found out for sure. You're crazy. Maybe I am. But I heard you both talking on the phone. She didn't know I was listening in on the extension in the library. I heard you agree to meet at a certain time. That's what I've been waiting for. Now I know. All right, all right. What of it? Well, you've been acting is enough to make any woman dislike you. Oh, so you admit it. Yes. Now get out of here. <laughs> Henry, put away that gun. All right. I'm going to leave it right here when I'm through with it. I'm going to kill you. You insane fool. You can't get away with a thing like this. You can't prove anything about Rita and me. They'll hang you. I don't think so. Don't you remember? <laughs> I'm crazy. I'll fix you. Police department. Go ahead. Call them. That's fine. Hello? <laughs> this is Phil Putnam, Rex the Apartments. There's a madman in my room. She's trying to kill me. It's crazy. <laughs> What a shame, Phil. You've missed the train. Well, it's all over, Henry. We'll sit down now and wait for the police. You won't have any more mental lapses now, will you, Henry? You won't need to. <laughs> a slick job, Henry, and very beautifully planned. Everyone knows about your mental lapses, your illness, your desire to harm people... Rita knows about the dog. Your secretary knows about the contracts. And most important of all, Dr. Schultz knows that you've been suffering from a mental disorder for weeks. <laughs> oh, there'll be a trial. Your plea will be insanity. You'll go away for a while. And then all of a sudden, you'll be cured and walk out a free man. <laughs> now we're in the courtroom. And Dr. Schultz, the psychiatrist, is speaking. Mr. Drake came to me with his trouble some weeks ago. Later, Dr. Fenton and I psychoanalyzed him thoroughly. Here is a signed statement of our findings at that time, attached to our findings as of yesterday. Henry Drake was then and is now absolutely sane. The whole thing was a plan to escape the death penalty for premeditated murder. <laughs> well, there you go, Henry. The whole thing blew up in your face. A beautiful plan gone haywire. You should have spent less time thinking about your revenge, Henry, and more time studying psychology. Too bad. CBS has presented The Whistler. Original music for this production is composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and originates from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next Sunday, 9.15... I, The Whistler, will return to tell you the strange story of death in the morning. <laughs> Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wait a minute. Have you heard the strange tales of the Whistler?
the whistler. I've come to the end of my rope. I've tried my best for 20 years to please Agatha. I gave up my painting and tried business after business and failed in every venture. Now I... I can't go on any longer. I'm through. Another Sunday night, and again, CBS presents The Whistler. I, the whistler, know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales, many secrets hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. And so I tell you tonight the amazing story of the alibi. Poor Henry Farrington paces the library floor. Through his mind run the events of the past 20 years, from the day when he married the wealthy young widow, Agatha Durant. Henry hadn't a dollar of his own then, nothing but charm. He still hasn't a dollar of his own, and now very little charm. Henry was a struggling artist, but Agatha was a businesswoman and was determined to make Henry a businessman. And Henry had tried, tried hard. Agatha backed him in venture after venture, bossing him, completely dominating his every moment. But Henry experienced nothing but failure, and gradually Agatha's love turned to disgust. And now, 20 years later, his artistic talent long since vanished, he realizes what a wreck Agatha has made of him. What are you doing in here, Henry? Morning, Agatha. I said, what are you doing? Why, I'm just thinking. Hmm, that's what I thought. What are you doing with the lights on in the daytime? Why, it's cloudy this morning. A bit dull in here. You don't need lights to think. Turn them out. Yes, Agatha. Are you going to do nothing but mope around again today? What do you want me to do? Do you know what day this is? Why, uh, no. What day is it? Perhaps I've forgotten. You'd forget your head if it weren't tied on. It's the first of the month. You go into town and collect the rent on the store buildings. Very well, Agatha. Shall I deposit it in the bank? No. Bring it back here. And hang on to it. You lost it last time. Or so you said. I did lose it. Hmm. You need a nursemaid to follow your every move. You've done a pretty good job of it. Did you order the garden hose yesterday? No, I... I forgot it. I had a lot on my mind. Yeah? What's bothering you now? Well, I've got a chance to get in on a pretty good deal. I need some money. What kind of a deal? Well, it's a... An oil lease deal. Who with? Why, uh, Joe Hammond. A 50-50 proposition. Joe Hammond? You know better than to talk to me about Joe Hammond. He's done pretty well. Yes, for himself. Double-crossed everybody he ever came in contact with. He's a good lawyer. You mean he was. Good thing I caught up with him and had him disbarred. He'd have stolen every dime I have. It only takes $2,000. $2,000? Add up all the thousands I've given you to put over business deals, and you'd have a fortune. You haven't done an ounce of business sense in your whole body. I never said I had. That was your idea. You started me on my business career, and you can take the consequences. What do you mean by that? I'm going in on that deal. I need $2,000. And one way or another, I'm going to get it. I wish I knew what you mean. You'll know later. Where are you going? Into town. To collect the rents? You better bring it back with you. I will, Agatha. I'll bring the rent and... 
And what? And the hose. Of course. Good morning, Agatha. <clears throat> Threatening me. Well, I'll soon fix him. Agatha stands staring after him. Terrible thoughts race through her mind. Thoughts of fear, disgust, hatred, money, death, revenge. Her head begins to whirl. She can scarcely breathe. Her eyes bulge in terror. And she clutches at her heart, her throat. Higgins! Higgins! Higgins, the butler, rushes in, realizes at once that Agatha has had another of her heart attacks, carries her to the Davenport, gives her a dose of her stimulant, and calls Dr. Johnson. I heard her call to me, but she was unconscious when I reached her, Dr. Johnson. I gave her some of her heart medicine. And I don't remember her having one of these attacks for several months, Higgins. She's had one a week for the last four or five weeks, Doctor. Oh, dear. Well, she'll pull out of it in a few minutes. Her heart's in a terrible condition. She's been under some extreme emotional strain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She's coming round now. Ah, morning, Agatha. Oh, what are you doing here? (laughs) You haven't been eating enough apples. (laughs) Who sent for you? What's happened? Well, ma'am, you had another attack. I called Dr. Johnson. Attack? Nonsense. Oh, it isn't nonsense, Agatha. You've had one of the worst attacks you've ever had. Believe me, if you don't drop all this business worry and control your temper... Well, you won't have many more. Oh, bosh. Tell me, what brought this on, Agatha? Some deal turn out badly, lose a little money someplace? No, I didn't. Oh, all right, Agatha. But I'm warning you, you'd better slow down, forget business, and control that temper. Do you realize what your blood pressure is? No, and I don't care. Oh, dear. Henry must have pulled a dilly. Who said anything about Henry? Oh, no, no, no. Take it easy, Agatha. You know, you're your own worst enemy. <laughs> Well, I'll be running along. Good. <laughs> Plenty of rest and quiet, and no temper. Goodbye, Agatha. Goodbye. Poor Henry walks around town for a half hour and finally gets up sufficient courage to see Joe Hammond, the ex-lawyer. Well, Henry, have you got the 2000 Well... No, that is not exactly, Joe. When will you have it? I can raise it, but it'll take a little longer than you gave me. Now, look, Henry. I bought that lease and gave my check for 4000 Your check bounced. You didn't have a dime and you knew it. Now I'm caught short because of you. And you'd better dig up the 2000 or I'm turning it over to the county attorney. I'll get it, Joe. How will you get it? I'll figure it out. Did you ask your wife? Yes. But she refused when I told her it was a deal with you. Oh, you're a sap, Henry. You know she hates me. I've told her she was all wrong about you. Ah, I couldn't stand to be around a woman like that. Uh, sometimes I... Well, I can hardly stand it myself. I, I'd kill her. What did you say? I said I'd feed her ground glass. She's done enough to me. And if I had to put up with her as you have, well... I'd do something about it. What would you do, Joe? I'd wring her neck. I can't stand a bossy woman. You'd kill her, would you? Oh, well, I was just speaking figuratively. You've tried hard, Henry. You've done your very best to be a successful businessman. It isn't your fault. So far, you failed, and she's sore about it. Left her entire fortune to her niece. I'm the nitwit of a girl just out of school. I know, but she took out a $50,000 policy payable to me. Oh, what good does that do you? If you die first, 
But she isn't very well, Joe. Eh, she may live for years. You may bump off tomorrow. Yeah, of course, I doubt that. Nothing wrong with you that a uh, bank account wouldn't fix. Is that? No, I guess not. Ah, she's got all the money she'll ever need. She's not in a jam. She's seen everything. And it'll all go to that niece. Uh, except the insurance made out to you. Uh, that's payable in a few days, you know, after death. Yeah? I'm in a jam, Henry, and you're in a jam. You better start figuring some way out. I'll give you to the end of the week, Saturday at noon. You mean you must have the money by then? Oh, no, no, not necessarily money. Just, uh, well, just some sort of uh, assurance that you know where you can uh, really get it. I see. Yeah. Well, think it over. And I'll always be around if you want any uh, legal advice. Thanks, Joe, for the extension. I'll be in touch with you. Agatha is in her room now, sleeping. Her niece has come home from college, having graduated, and brings with her a young man. The two young people are waiting for the aunt to wake up. Believe me, Janet, this is certainly a swell place. I had no idea it was like this. I thought you'd like it, Grant. I've never lived in a house with more than six rooms. This place must have at least 15. More than that, darling. Mm -hmm. Your Aunt Agatha certainly must have a lot of money to be able to keep a place like this. Mm, she has. She has more than she knows what to do with. What did the butler say happened to her? Oh, she she had another attack. It's her heart. She has a terrible temper and pays no attention to the doctor's warnings about getting excited. According to Higgins, the doctor said he doubted if she could stand another like the one today. Hmm. Must be in pretty bad shape. Do you think she'll like me, Janet? Why shouldn't she? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I warn you, she's a sour face and grouchy. But don't let her upset you. She'll get used to you. I love you very much, Grant. That's all that really matters. I love you, Janet, more than anything in the world. Uh, your uh, aunt will see you now, Miss Janet. Thanks. Come along, Grant. Right. You wait outside the door. I, I want to talk to her first. I'll try to get her in a good humor. Boy, this is a tense moment. I feel like I'm going before a judge. Hello, Aunt Agatha. How do you feel? I feel all right. How long have you been here? Oh, about half an hour. Sorry to hear you had another attack today. You should take things more calmly. That's easier said than done. How's Uncle Henry? He's in town. Good for nothing, man. Oh, I wouldn't say that. What do you know about it? Nothing. Oh, I think I know Uncle Henry rather well. All men are the same. I wouldn't trust one around the street. Well, that's a matter of opinion. Um, Aunt Agatha, I... Well, I... Well, well, what's on your mind? What are you trying to say? I have a surprise for you. Surprise? What do you mean? I brought a guest home with me. A guest? Huh? Least you could do was warn me. Who is she? It isn't a girl. Uh, who, then? Just a minute. Come in, Grant. Aunt Agatha, this is Grant. Grant? Grant who? Grant Collins. I'm very happy to meet you, Mrs. Farrington. What's he doing here? He's going to stay here for a while. Why? Well, because... Because I asked him to. Well, I didn't ask him. But, Aunt Agatha, you don't understand. I understand, all right. And I don't need any explanations. Is this an example of what you've been doing at college, running around with men? Well, this is different. Grant is more than just a friend. I... I have enough trouble around here now without taking on any more. You'll have to leave at once. But you don't know what you're saying. I certainly do. Well, perhaps I can explain You it. keep out of this. This doesn't concern you. I'm afraid it does concern him, Aunt Agatha. Well, who is he? Where'd you meet him? What does he do? Well, 
I'm just an ordinary person. I haven't come from any great family, if that's what you mean. And I haven't any money. What's your business? Well, I haven't any regular line. I've done a lot of things. But I'll hit on something. Hmm. Another one. Just like Henry. You ought to have more sense than that, Janet. But I love Grant. Nonsense. And I love Janet. Young man, you better leave this house before I lose my temper. I'm not going to have my niece throwing herself away on a nobody. Now get out. Just a minute, Aunt Agatha. This is my home, too. Grant is here at my request. Is that so? Your home, hey. It's your home only so long as I choose to make it so. You're my heir, but if you dare to defy me, I'll change that quicker than you can bat an eye. Oh, you're jumping to conclusions. After you get to know me better, I I think you'll like me, Aunt Agatha. Aunt Agatha? What do you mean by Aunt Agatha? I'm your nephew. Uh, uh, did you say nephew? Yes, he did. Grant and I are married. Married? We were married today. Oh, how dare you? How dare you do such a thing without consulting now, please, me? Now, Aunt Agatha, don't let yourself get excited. Get out of here. Get out. But please, Mrs. Farrington, give me a chance to explain. This marriage will be annulled immediately, Janet. Or I'm through with you. Do you hear? I'll change the will and leave you nothing. It's final. Now get out. Get out, both of you, and leave me alone. Get out. Come on, Grant. Let's leave her alone before she has another attack. Well, do you think we should? I'm all right now. Leave me alone. Say, I never expected anything like this. Neither did I. She certainly is in a bad way. Yes, I didn't realize it was quite this serious. She's in a terrible mental state. Well, this is a pretty situation for us. Well, I don't want you to leave, darling. You, you'd better wait a few days until until she's better. There must be some way to win her over. Oh, I, I hope you're right. I'll have a talk with Uncle Henry. Something's happened to cause all this. I'll find out as soon as he comes in. Now, don't worry, darling. Everything will be all right. I hope so. I'll just keep out of her way for a few days and see what develops. Now, long after dinner, Uncle Henry sits alone in the library, deeply lost in thought. On the desk before him is a small calibered revolver. His fingers toy with the weapon. And as the door opens, he slips the gun into his desk drawer. Janet closes the door and steps into the room. Uncle Henry. Huh? Oh, come in, Janet. I wanted to talk with you alone. Talk with me? Very well. What is your opinion of Grant? Why, I like him. Fine boy. Do you suppose it would do any good if you talked to Aunt Agatha? I? You know as well as I do how she feels about me. And in her eyes, Grant is an exact counterpart of me. She thinks it's the same situation over again. And she's determined that you won't have to put up with a failure as she did with me. But how does she know he'll be a failure? I'm her yardstick for all men without means. What happened today to cause the heart attack? Her violent temper. But there must have been a reason. Yes, Janet, there was. I had a deal on and I needed $2,000. She flew into a rage and had the attack after I left the house. What on earth are we going to do about her? I don't know, Janet. As for me, well, I've come to the end of my rope. I've tried my best for 20 years to please her. Now, well, I... I just can't go on any longer. I'm through. What do you mean? Just that. There's nothing left for me now. I'm too old to try anything new. Too old to go back to my painting and... Agatha is becoming more resentful every day. I'm... Well, I'm... I'm licked. Uncle Henry, are you trying to tell me that... that you're planning something? Planning something, my dear? What do you mean? You mustn't, Uncle Henry. Regardless of how you feel, there's still much to live for. Is there? You've always been so kind and good to me. 
I just couldn't stand it if you were there. No, 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 please, darling. I'm much older than you are. Well, I just see things differently, that's all. And it's been terrible lonely in this house since you've been gone. Now it'll become lonelier and lonelier. Filled with hatred and greed and resentment. And I couldn't stand Promise it. Promise me. Promise me you won't do anything foolish. Janet, whatever I do will be for the best. Please believe me. Everything will come out for the best. Around 12 o'clock that night, Janet, Grant, and Henry go to their rooms. And the big house settles down to sleep. Then, two hours after midnight, Agatha stirs uneasily in her bed. An eerie figure in white stands beside her. She opens her eyes. What? What? Who's there? I want you, Agatha Perrington. No! <laughs> Agatha! There's a medicine. Give her a dose. I'll rub her wrists. She's as cold as ice. What on earth could have happened? A nightmare? She's had quite a shock. Her pulse is fairly strong. She's coming, too. Oh. Oh. What happened? You screamed. You had fainted when we got here. Yes. Yes. There was someone in this room. I saw it. Saw what? I don't know what it was. It was a figure in white. Auntie, you you must have had a nightmare. Maybe so. It it could have been a nightmare, but it seemed so real. Look. The window to the balcony is open. Did you open it, Aunt Agatha? No. No, I never keep it open. Look outside, Grant. You mean it might have been a burglar? My diamonds. It could have been a burglar. And your scream frightened him away. Look in the box in the drawer. I did. They're all here. Not a sign of anyone outside. Do you feel better now? What's happened, ma'am? Anything wrong? No, Higgins, nothing's wrong. Go back to bed, all of you. I'll be all right. And lock that balcony window. Now it is the next night. Uncle Henry is sitting alone at the desk in the library, lost again in a deep study. Grant and Janet are in the living room. You really think it might have been a prowler last night, Grant? Well, I don't know. The window was open. It could have been. I'm inclined to think it was nothing more than a nightmare. She's, she's been so upset lately. Well, if it was a burglary, he didn't get anything. Well, that's true. And he might try it again. If he does, he's liable to get a good scare. What do you mean? This. Grant, where did you get that revolver? Out of my trunk. Oh, please, Grant, I, I don't like guns. Let them take what they want. If, if you start shooting, they're liable to shoot back. Besides, jewels can be replaced. Now, don't worry, darling. I couldn't shoot anyone if I tried. Anyway, there are no bullets in it. Then what good is it? Well, it's a little thirty-two I use in school for a starting gun. It has nothing but blanks in it. Yeah, see? It won't hurt anyone, but it'll give them a good scare. Well, blanks or no blanks, I don't like guns around. Now, don't worry, darling. Oh, good heavens, it's 7.30. I'd better get dressed or we'll be late for the Morrison's party. Oh, yeah, you better hurry. I'm all ready. I want to see about the car. Oh, uh, Higgins. Yes, sir. Come in, sir. I was just having a little coffee and a bite to eat. Would you care for anything, sir? No, no, thanks. Uh, did Rollins check my tires and gas? I did, sir. Rollins and the others are all off tonight. I put your car in front. Oh, thanks. Excuse me, sir. Farrington residence? Yes? 
Oh, yes, Mr. Hammond. He's dozing in the library. I'll get him. What? Oh, oh, I see. Yes. Yes, I'll tell him. Goodbye. Joe Hammond wants Mr. Farrington to come over to his place this evening. I'll tell him. Excuse me, sir. Anything else I can do for you? Oh, uh, no, no. I'll be running along in a few minutes. Uh, by the way, uh, since Mr. Farrington's going out, you'd better look in on Mrs. Farrington once in a while. Oh, I will, sir. So Grant and Janet drive to the Morrison's estate to attend the charity lawn party. And Henry goes to talk things over with Joe Hammond, the ex-lawyer who holds Henry's bad check. Then toward midnight, the lawn party breaks up and Grant and Janet return home. Well, that was a wonderful party, Grant. I never saw so many people, friends I haven't seen for four years. I was thrilled to death. Yes, it was quite an affair. I wonder how much they raised. Good many thousands, I imagine. And did that red-headed gal sell war bonds? <laughs> I'll run up and see how Aunt, Ag- Aunt Agatha is. I'll be right down. Right. Uh, I think I'll have a nightcap. Want one? No, thanks. Hello, Grant. Oh, hello. Party over already? Yeah, big affair. Had a great time. I got to talking business with Joe Hammond, and first thing I knew, it was almost midnight. Grant! Grant, call Dr. Johnson! What? Janet, what is it? Aunt Agatha... Come quickly, Uncle Henry. Call Dr. Johnson, Grant. You can't get him. Call the emergency hospital. Get a police ambulance. I'm still trying to get Dr. Johnson, Janet. Never mind, Grant. Police surgeon says we won't... We won't need Dr. Johnson. Did he pull her out of the attack? No. He couldn't do a thing for her. She was dead when they got here. Good heavens. Well, she must have had a severe attack. Well, you see, Grandma... Just a minute, folks. I'd like to ask a few questions, and I'd prefer that you didn't carry on any conversation with each other. No conversation? Well, what do you mean, Janet? Never mind. I'll get around to that. Take all their fingerprints, Davis, while I'm talking. Yeah, Captain. Yeah. I demand an explanation. What do you mean, fingerprints? How long have you known Janet Farrington? Oh, about six weeks. Where did you meet her? We had a dance, a party. Did you know all about her? Who she was, her family? Certainly. What do you know about him? Why... I just knew I loved him, and that was enough. I take it your financial condition is not so good, Grant. Well, no, I haven't any money, but what's that to do with it? Did Agatha Farrington object to your marriage? Yes, she did. She threatened to change her will unless we had the marriage annulled, but... Did you care whether that happened, Grant? Well, certainly. I didn't want Janet to lose her inheritance. What are you getting at? Grant had nothing to do with it, I tell you. I know what you're inferring, and it's ridiculous. Grant didn't marry me for my money. Uh, What's this about prowlers around the house? Well, we aren't sure there were prowlers. Agatha claimed someone was in her room last night. The window was wide open, but we aren't sure about it. It was a nightmare. Well, she did keep some jewelry in her room, and from the looks of the room, someone certainly went through it thoroughly. Who knew about where she kept the jewelry? Why, all three of us knew. And Higgins the butler knew about it. Where's Higgins? Why, I never thought of that. Probably in his room. I'll look. Higgins! Higgins! He's unconscious! Yeah. He's been blackjacked. Higgins. Higgins! Uh, 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 Ferrington, what's wrong? Who slugged you? Uh, slugged me? Why, I've been asleep. That's what you think. Feel the bump on your head. Uh, uh, good heavens. Did you hear any shots tonight? Shots? No, no. I was in my room. I must have dozed off in the chair. Then it must have been a burglar. What goes on here? Anyone would think you were trying to cook up a murder. No, Grant. The murder's already been done. What? Yes. 
Mrs. Farrington was shot in the chest. Twice. Shot? But but that's not possible. Shot? Uh, here you are, Captain. We found this gun in the young fellow's room. It's been fired twice. Oh, this is silly. That's a starting gun. Nothing but blanks in it. Who fired it? What? I, I, I haven't the slightest idea. All right, Davis. Take the gun and the bullets from Mrs. Farrington's body and have ballistics check on them. Well, young fellow, according to the ballistics test, the bullets that killed her were fired from your gun. But it isn't possible, I tell you. My gun had nothing but blanks. And there were no fingerprints but yours. I'm afraid you're stuck with this deal. No, please, please, listen. I couldn't have done it. You had a motive, a gun, and an opportunity. And furthermore, you left that party for a half hour tonight. We checked on it. We have a witness who saw you leave. All right, what if I did? My gun has blanks in it. Oh, please believe me. I couldn't bring myself to do such a thing. I, I couldn't. You killed Mrs. Farrington, and you might as well admit it. I didn't. I didn't shoot her. I swear I never wait, touched wait, it. I... I can't stand by and see an innocent person suffer for this. The boy didn't do it. I did it. I had a better reason. I planned it. I'd have enough of Ag- Agatha, and I, I was caught in a jam. I did it to get the insurance she left me. I was desperate. I came back and slugged Higgins while he was asleep. Shot Agatha and left the house. I don't believe you. You're trying to cover up for him. But it won't hold water. We've got him dead to rights. But I couldn't have killed her. I only wanted to scare her. I... What? Go ahead. Oh, nothing. Then you did come back here. Spill it. Well, all right, I did come back. Grant, what are you saying? I had the gun, but there were nothing but blanks in it. I doped Higgins' coffee before I left the house. I came back and went to a room. I fired the blanks. Why? Well, I knew she had a weak heart. I figured the shock would bring on her death. I was the figure in her bedroom. I couldn't see Janet lose her fortune, but I didn't want to give her up. Grant, how could you? I can't believe it. I tell you, I came back and shot her. If he fired blanks, then I must have fired the bullets that actually killed her. Look at his gun. Real bullets in it. What? Why, they are bullets. Where's your gun, Farrington? Here. Open it. Great Scott. Why, they're blanks. That settles it. Come on, young fella. We've had enough talk about this. The evidence is all against you. Yes, Grant. The evidence is all against you. And nothing can save you now. Try as he might, Henry can never convince anyone that he planned to kill Agatha. Although it is true he did come back and fire at her, just as you did, Grant. But it was definitely you and your gun that fired the fatal bullets. Of course, I know what you're wondering. How did the real bullets get in your revolver? (laughs) You know, don't you, Janet? Tell us what happened. I saw Uncle Henry put a revolver in his desk as I stepped into the library that night. I was afraid he was going to kill himself. When Grant showed me his gun with the blanks, I switched the shells in their guns to keep Uncle from committing suicide. You see, I, I never dreamed that Grant had a plan afoot. Caused my aunt's death by mental murder. <laughs> there you are. Another tale of greed and revenge and hatred, all unraveled as neatly as you please. CBS has presented The Whistler. 
Original music for this production was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The Whistler is written and directed by J. Donald Wilson and comes to you from Columbia Square in Hollywood. Next Sunday, same time... I, the Whistler, will return to tell you another unusual tale. <laughs> Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. that does it for Mr. J. Donald Wilson in this performance on the show for this afternoon. Please join me tonight, guys, as I bring to the show back by popular demand Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. And join me tomorrow, guys, as I bring a bonus episode honoring the lives of those lost 20 years ago on 9-11-2001. So join me for that episode tomorrow. I'm going to be playing audio from the occurrence at 8 o'clock eastern time 7 o'clock central time and 5 specific time so please join me for that episode tomorrow morning guys and always remember guys to enjoy the show And join me in the coming weeks, guys, as I bring such stars as Mr. Art Chobler, Mr. Spike Jones, Ms. Cecile Fletcher, Mr. Red Skeleton, And many others. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe. And once again, guys, always remember to enjoy the show. Thanks.